Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is August 4th, 2022, and our first story. In an epic culture war win, Ron DeSantis has announced he is using his executive authority to remove a woke state attorney who refused to enforce the law. This is the kind of bold leadership people are looking for when it comes to the 2024 Republican primary, with many now speculating a DeSantis win is even more likely. In our next story, China is surrounding Taiwan. They're entering its territorial waters, and it's looking like major conflict is likely as the U.S. Senate has voted to induct Finland and Sweden into NATO, provoking Russia further. And in our last story, the DOJ has indicted four officers involved in the Breonna Taylor incident. Now, this may be a good thing because one of the officers is accused of falsifying a search warrant. But I don't trust the DOJ, and I think they're crooked and they've been weaponized. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. This morning, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made one of the most epic statements we have seen from an executive in this country. He announced he was suspending the woke Soros-backed state attorney. The state attorney is a Democrat who announced they would not be enforcing the law. Ron DeSantis said very plainly, that's not your job. The legislature says what the law is. You are supposed to prosecute people when they break the law. This is amazing. Now, I've talked about why I would want to vote for Donald Trump in 2024. And the answer is simple. Trump says that he is going to fire everybody. And the question is, will Ron DeSantis do it? I got to say, I believe right now we have a little bit more evidence that Ron DeSantis would take decisive action against the bureaucratic state draining the swamp, uh, considering he's made this move. Now, Donald Trump did do fairly well. He exposed many of the swamp monsters, but he brought in some as well. It's hard to say because we don't know exactly what Ron DeSantis will do. We only don't know what he's doing now in Florida. But we have seen the problems of the Soros-backed DAs for some time now. In fact, Chesa Boudin, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Boudin, he was recalled in San Francisco because, well, um, crime was skyrocketing. People were, uh, there's open air drug markets, there's feces on the street. This idea of not enforcing the law isn't working. 
Now, I'm not going to pretend that there aren't problems. I do think we need criminal justice reform. But what's happening with these DAs is just gutting and ripping apart our cities, and it's making everything worse. And now what are we seeing following Ron DeSantis's statement that he's suspending a woke DA over at Predict It? It is nearly tied. Predict It is this website where you can buy shares into who you think will win an election or other things like that. The big bet. Who will be the Republican nominee in 2024 for president? Donald Trump at 39 cents and Ron DeSantis at 37. So I can only say right now, when Donald Trump came out and said he was going to fire up to 50,000 people, well, I said, okay, you got me. I'm in. Look, I know two years as an attorney in an election, and we don't know what Ron DeSantis is going to do. Then he does this. Now I'm like, oh man, that's really, really good. Donald Trump needed to do the same. And maybe it's because he got jammed up with these fake investigations and his hands were tied. He wasn't able to drain the swamp. And maybe the reason we saw Russiagate and them tying Trump's hands was because they knew he was going to drain the swamp. But to be fair, Donald Trump brought in John Bolton. And I, I can't get over that. I think Trump's foreign policy was overwhelmingly good. But why bring that guy in in the first place? That being said, at the, as, as Trump's first term went on, he did tremendous work in terms of foreign policy. And that's something we don't know yet from Ron DeSantis. But with this move, suspending this DA and probably going after more, I can only say I am I am really excited for a, a Ron DeSantis presidential run. Maybe what we need is a Trump DeSantis ticket, one term and then eight years of DeSantis. Recently, I was speaking with Rick Santorum, and Mark Meckler from the from the Convention of States project. And they said, that's not how politics works. I mean, to, to get three Republican terms back to back, that's 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 wishful thinking. I said, yeah, it's a pipe dream. We, we might get a Trump DeSantis, but are we going to get then two more terms of DeSantis? I mean, maybe, but I'm not entirely convinced because things change. And that's an eternity, 12 years in politics. Who knows what will happen, especially on foreign policy? Now, some people are concerned that you elect a Ron DeSantis, he turns into a Romney. Maybe, maybe not. I can't, I can't think about that stuff. Like, we don't know the future. What I can tell you now is bold, powerful leadership from Ron DeSantis, and I am all here for it. Let's read the news. Talk about what's going on with these Soros-backed DAs. Take a look at the actual executive order from DeSantis. Brilliant stuff. And then, probably my favorite news out of all of it, the View invited Ron DeSantis on, and the smackdown in response was beautiful. Though I must admit, I would have preferred to see Ron DeSantis go on The View. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to not only support our work, but also get access to exclusive shows from TimCast.com, notably the TimCast Uncensored After Show. The episodes that we've done in the past couple of weeks have been particularly spicy to say the least. And they're available here at the members only section on TimCast.com with our guests from TimCast IRL Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. But we also have Tales from the Inverted World season two, an amazing audio visual experience showing you images as Shane tells the story of trying to find the lost Confederate gold and exploring Southern Civil War history. Really amazing stuff. The Cast Castle vlog should be relaunching 
with an extended promo episode introducing everybody in the show. Uh, I believe next week, I think it might be like 40 minutes long. It's going to be really, really fun. And then, of course, we have Chicken City and Pop Culture Crisis. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from townhall.com. DeSantis suspends woke Soros-backed state attorney. They say Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced Thursday he has suspended Soros-backed Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately for refusing to enforce state law. Quote, the governor has the authority to suspend a state officer under Article, uh, uh, Article 4, Section 7 of the Constitution of the state of Florida. State attorneys have a duty to prosecute crimes as defined in Florida law, not to pick and choose which laws to enforce based on his personal agenda. The Republican governor said, it is my duty to hold Florida's elected officials to the highest standards for the people of Florida. I have the utmost trust that Judge Susan Lopez will lead the office through this transition and faithfully uphold the rule of law. You know, I was kind of hoping he was going to say we're arresting the guy, but I'm only half kidding. The guy's not doing his job. You don't arrest someone for that. You just fire them. And so everybody was joking, like, it'd be hilarious if he's like, we're going to arrest the guy for like collusion or something. No, 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 that's over the top. I can already hear the screams from the left saying, Ron DeSantis is a fascist. This is what the executive of, of, of a state, of a country, is supposed to do. When someone is refusing to uphold the law, you get rid of them. I, I got to say, I want to see this at the federal level. Donald Trump did not get rid of some of these people, and maybe he couldn't. I know. It's naive to think that Trump could have come in and just fired federal employees because they're, they're protected to an extreme degree. And Ron DeSantis probably can't do it for the same reasons, but we got evidence here that Ron DeSantis might actually do it. Now, I think it's clever. A lot of people thought the announcement this morning was going to be Ron DeSantis declaring his run in 2024. But here's what I say. In the past couple of weeks, I said, Trump 2024 it is, baby, because Trump said we're going to fire everybody, privately at least. That was the story that came out, that Trump was uh, privately planning to purge the federal government. All right, well, that's not directly from Trump's Trump himself, but I believe it. You know, that's his intent, and I'm going to vote for that. I think Ron DeSantis heard that loud and clear and was like, we're going to make some firings of our own. Suspension for the time being. DeSantis gave a number of examples of Warren refusing to enforce the law. After the Dobbs decision, for example, the Democrats signed a letter saying he wouldn't enforce any state laws relating to protecting the unborn in Florida. You just can't do that. DeSantis also pointed to Warren's position on trans issues. Quote, we are not going to allow this pathogen that's been around the country of ignoring the law. We are not going to let that get a foothold here in the state of Florida. We are going to make sure our laws are enforced and that no individual prosecutor puts himself above the law. Bravo. Good, sir. But let's talk about how the media is handling it. Axios on NewsGuard, our good friends at NewsGuard, give Axios a 100 out of 100. They say they're the best. I certainly don't think so. You are fake news. And I'll tell you why. They write the story up. Governor Ron DeSantis suspends Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren. Okay, why is that? They say DeSantis accuses Warren of incompetence and willful defiance as early as June 2021 in the executive order. The order cites Warren's signing of a joint statement with other elected prosecutors like Monique H. Worrell, the state attorney for Orange and Osceola counties, condemning laws that criminalize doctors who perform gender affirming health care. 
That's not, that is not what Ron DeSantis said. That is not what he said. Fake news. NewsGuard. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You guys going to fact check them on this one? That's a provably false statement, isn't it? Let me tell you what Ron DeSantis said. First, gender affirming healthcare is a broad and vague term. It could refer to like social therapy like they do in in Scandinavian countries. Ron DeSantis specifically referred to castration and double mastectomies on minors. That is very specific and different. That is not the vague gender affirming healthcare. I think we actually need, we need, I don't know about gender affirming because that may not be the right approach. Like you, you take a look at what's happening in Scandinavian countries, but maybe, maybe that is, the, that is the larger issue at play. You know, if you've got a kid who's got an identity issue, they need, they, they do need healthcare, but I don't know about surgery, sex change operations. So I say fake news to Axios. That is that is grossly out of context. The governor's office also accuses Warren of acting as law unto himself by instituting a policy of presumptive presumptive non-enforcement for certain criminal violations, citing his most recent pledge not to press charges against those receiving an abortion for or their doctors. You can't do that. I mean, and this is the crazy thing. The DAs don't make the law. This is the crazy thing. I've had cops tell me this, too. We've had cops on the show and they're like, the police officers don't make the law. You know, they have to enforce it. I'm like, that's not true. Cops every day have discretion as to how they enforce things. The DA technically does as well. And this is what Ron DeSantis said. If you are going to have some discretion in these prosecutions, it's on an individual level. You can't come out and sign a document saying there will never be a prosecution. That's you just flagrantly violating the law. We have Christina Peshaw here. Debunking false narratives about Florida and, Ron De- and Governor Ron DeSantis, spokesperson for uh, the office, who says progressive prosecutors backed by Soros have refused to enforce laws across this country. They treat criminals with deference and victims with contempt. This dereliction of duty is why crime is surging. But Governor Ron DeSantis won't stand for this. He just suspended the one from Florida. Bravo. I mean, this is one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. Seeing someone finally hold these people to account. Amazing. Here's the executive order. Brilliant. State of Florida, Florida, Office of the Governor, Executive Order Number 22176, Execute Executive Order of Suspension, saying, whereas 
Article four of the Florida Constitution vests the state's supreme executive power in the governor and requires the governor to take take care of the, that the laws of Florida are faithfully executed. Whereas in furtherance of the governor's executive responsibility, the governor may suspend from office any state officer not subject to impeachment for that officer's malfeasance, misfeasance, neglect of duty, drunkenness, incompetence, permanent inability to perform official duties or commission of a felony. Whereas neglect of duty refers to, quote, the neglect or failure on the part of a public officer to do and perform some duties or duties laid on him as such by virtue of his office or which is required of him by law. Whereas incompetence may arise from gross ignorance of official duties or gross carelessness in the discharge of them or from lack of judgment and discretion. Whereas states attorneys are state officers constitutionally elected to serve as prosecuting officers of all trial courts within each judicial circuit. And there's, there's quite a bit more. So let's get to the therefores because there's a lot of whereas's, and I'm not going to read the entirety of it because dude is going off. Let me just... Um, now, therefore, I, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, pursuant to the Constitution and the state, the laws of the state of Florida, do hereby find and for the purposes of Article 4, Section 7, Andrew Warren is and at all material times was the state attorney for the 13th Judicial Circuit of Florida. The office of the state attorney in the purview, blah, 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 blah. If after execution of the suspension, additional facts are discovered that illustrate further neglect of duty and competence and other constitutional grounds for suspension of Andrew Warren, this executive order may be amended to allege those additional facts. Okay, long story short. Signed, Ron DeSantis, governor. Round of applause. Look, we're a constitutional republic. This is a single state. They elected this man, and he outright said he would not do his duty. Bye-bye. Prosecutorial nullification? You want to talk about prosecutorial? Let me, let me show you what's going on. Let me give you a spattering of the ongoing stories that I have to read every single day in these jurisdictions where they refuse to uphold the law. Career criminal in New York City shot a McDonald's worker, 23 years old, in the face over his mom's cold fries. That's it. Amazing. This is what we see in these places. Here we go. MMA fighter springs into action to take down NYC assault suspect. A man was punching people. Oh, and, and, and you're saying, what is this? This is crime, Tim. It's just crime. I know. When they do these things, bail reform, cash bail, no, no cash bail. I like the concept. I'm in favor of getting rid of cash bail because the system is failing, but not the way they're handling it. They're letting violent criminals out. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Here's where we go. Take a look at this. Terrifying moment. NYPD cops are ambushed by glass bottle throwing gang who injure four officers as they tried to arrest man armed with loaded handgun. All right, let's slow down for a minute. What was the guy with the gun doing? They tried to apprehend a man with a loaded firearm. Was he constitutionally carrying his weapon or was he using it in the commission of a crime? I think there are legitimate questions here, but ultimately this is not how you handle things. Now I can understand if locals are getting angry with cops because cops don't treat, they, 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 they're an oppressive force, right? However, New York has a very serious cultural decay problem. They have overbearing laws. They have disproportionate enforcement. And now they have societal breakdown. This is what you get when you have bad laws, bad elections, and when you have no accountability from the executives. This is what happens when you don't clean things up. New York is, is, is where 
the cops are racist. The left talks about racist cops and oppressive cops. New York, baby, we don't have these large urban police departments. Now, look, again, I'm not a fan of the cops trying to arrest someone of, I should say, the laws being in place because somebody has a gun. You see the way they're framing this? Officers approached an individual who attempted to flee the location, but was apprehended armed with a loaded firearm. Why? If he committed a crime and he was armed, I get it. But people in New York should be allowed to conceal carry without permits. Constitution says right to keep bare arms. But I'll tell you, this is where we're headed. Now, there's there's two sides to this, because I really want to I want to tackle the philosophical issues here. Sooner or later, regular people, uh, they revoke consent. But New York has seen a major spike in crime, slashings, robberies, and I don't know what the solution is. When you see cops being ambushed and people are throwing bottles at them, something's not working. And this idea, I can tell you this right now from the progressives in New York City, to follow these, this non-prosecutorial uh, discretion thing they're doing, yeah, it's, uh, it's not working. It's not. You're seeing violent crime, which I showed you, and you're seeing cops who try to enforce the law being attacked. I may not be a fan of that law, but I'm a reformer, not a revolutionary. I think we need a Supreme Court hearing. I think we need the courts to say outright, cops can't do this. But for the time being, yo, I, we need law enforcement. Sorry, I'm not an anarchist. I'm very libertarian. I don't like a lot of these big city police departments, but I do believe in basic security of some sort. Now, some people have argued for duly elected police like sheriff's departments. Some have argued for private police. Okay, in some fashion, I say that's what I'm talking about. New York is just corrupt as it gets. Now, as we see uh, DeSantis outright say, get out, you fired. This is what we get. Amazingly, George Soros vows he won't stop backing woke DAs despite urban crime spikes. Talk about a despicable, evil man. I'm sick of this stuff, man. Left-wing billionaire George Soros insisted Monday that soft-on crime DAs he's backed to the tune of millions of dollars are making the criminal justice, criminal justice system more effective and just, and warned that I have no intention of stopping. The hungry-born Soros, 91, argued in a Wall Street Journal op-ed published Sunday that the agenda pushed by top prosecutors like Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg was both popular and effective. I just showed you what was going on in that city. This agenda includes prioritizing the resources of the criminal justice system to protect people against violent crime. It urges that we treat drug addictions as a disease, not as a crime. And it seeks to end the criminalization of poverty and mental illness. The goal is not defunding the police, but restoring trust between the police and the policed. A partnership that fosters the solving of crimes. Sure. That's what he says. And then the people who get in with support from him and his finances and organizations that are backed by him aren't doing this. That's why I say it's, it's evil. This dude, you can clearly look at New York and be like, well, this isn't working. Don't care. They don't care. He's just going to keep doubling down saying, I'm doing the right thing. And the ends justify the means. I don't like New York's criminal justice system. I don't like the way they handle things. But this ain't it. It's not working. Now, I, it looks, it's easy for me to say that, th you know, this doesn't work. It's hard to actually build the machine to solve the problems. I understand that. But I can tell you, throwing grease into a fire is probably not the smart move. And that's what they're doing. Soros published the op-ed amid a backlash against lax DAs that led San Francisco voters to recall Chesa Bodin, 
over spikes in shoplifting, open air drug dealing and broad daylight assaults, often against Asian Americans. Down the coast in L.A., another recall effort is targeting D.A. George Gascon, who got nearly three million dollars in campaign funds from Soros. Closer to home, Bragg, whose campaign received one million dollars from Soros via the Color of Change Political Action Committee, has come under fire for allowing habitual criminals out of jail while prosecuting ordinary New Yorkers for defending themselves. And that is exactly why I say this man is evil. He is either so stupid that he's not paying attention to the suffering he's causing, or he knows and he enjoys it. I'm done. The times they are a changing. It's not just about what Ron DeSantis did from town hall. New San Francisco DA announces aggressive new policy to hold drug dealers accountable. This is what happens when you get that recall. There's just the opening paragraph, the gist of the story, but that's the point. We can see that change is coming. Now, back to our good friend, Ron DeSantis. I got to say, I'm starting to lean more and more towards voting for Ron DeSantis in 2024 if he does win the nomination. Because look, man, I've never been a MAGA hat wearing, uh, wearing, you know, Trump, Trump, Trump guy. I voted for Trump because school choice is so important. Donald Trump's second term agenda was amazing. His foreign policy was epic. And those are all really, really good indicators. But every single day, Ron DeSantis proves he knows what's up. I, I, I learned this recently that he was one of the uh, founders of the Freedom Caucus. I'm a big fan of the Freedom Caucus. And that's Ron DeSantis, congressman, governor, maybe president. I know a lot of people want Trump. And for a lot of reasons, I understand it. I agree. But maybe the Trump time has come. It's come and gone. He's, he's, he's older, man. Ron DeSantis, he's 40, what is he, 43 or something? Is it 45? A young guy? Take a look at this. The View asked Florida Governor DeSantis to be a guest. Here's how he responded. It would be nice to think DeSantis could sit down and face some tough but respectful questions ahead of ducking some pushback on his beliefs. Excellent pointer. Pointer Institute does the fact checking for Facebook. Yeah, the Craig Newmark Center. These people are just the most vapid, narcissistic ivory tower trash you could ever possibly imagine. Respectful questions? Respectful? Let me show you what respectful is. Brian Griffin says, here's our response. Deputy Press Secretary, Executive Office of the Governor. He says, thanks for the invite. I understand that you are sending this request on behalf of your team. But are the hosts of you really interested in hearing from Governor DeSantis about all the important work he is doing on behalf of Floridians to protect their health and livelihoods? to stand up for parents and children and to defend freedom? Which of the below statements from the host of The View do you recommend our team consider when deciding if the interview will be a genuine pursuit of truth or worth the time? Joy Behar, August 2021, saying, you're just short of calling him a negligent homicidal sociopath because that's what he is. What is he doing? He is risking the lives of children, children's parents, their grandparents, anyone they may come into contact with so he can appeal to his white supremacist base. So we can continue in his career and get reelected. Sonny Hostin, June 2022. Death Santis. I think he's a fascist and a bigot. Anna Navarro in April. He, uh, of DeSantis' policies, they're anti-black, anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ plus community. And for some reason, the Republican base responds to it. It's anti-American. It's what happens in Venezuela. It's what happened in Nicaragua. Sonny Hostin, February 2022. It started with CRT. Let's remember that. And those anti-history laws, anti-black history laws, really. If you start coming after black people, what comes next, right? Of course, the LGBTQ plus community and then women. 
and then other marginalized groups. He says, we will pass on the offer. Also, please note, we don't coordinate appearances or events of a political nature from the official office. Our role is to serve the people of Florida. Thank you. Bravo. Bravo to Ron DeSantis and his team. I, I think this is absolutely amazing. Seriously. Uh, you know, Brian Griffin, Christina Peshaw would be excellent if uh, if Ron DeSantis runs for office and we get a White House press secretary in Christina Peshaw and a deputy press secretary with uh, with Brian Griffin. I think we'd be in great hands. I am continually impressed every single day by Ron DeSantis. I'm digging it, man. I think it's fantastic. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply desantis office declines invitation to the view after its host calls him a homicidal sociopath. Okay. I'd have actually have loved to see Ron DeSantis sit down in that chair and have that conversation. I think people needed to hear it. I absolutely do. It's unfortunate he's not going to go, but I totally understand why. Me? You know what? I'm going to put it this way. I think the real reason Ron's not going to do it is, what's he, what's he helping by going on this show? I rarely get invited onto, uh, you know, big left podcast shows or whatever. And um, I often say, look, I can't travel. I not only do a morning show and a nightly show, but I'm running a company in between. And people, I hope, I hope everybody understands that. So when I talk to one of these leftists and ask them to come on the show and they say they're not going to do it because they're busy, I, I get it. I can respect that. The simplest of all answers. If I say, come on my show, they go, I can't do it. I'm running a company. I say, fair point. Because I totally get that. But what I can't stand for is the excuses like, oh, you know, this, that, or otherwise, or, you know, oh, to, to, there, there's not enough COVID protections or whatever nonsense they want to try and argue as to why they bail on their invitation. But I got it, man. If people are busy. And I think that the big reason here is probably that Ron DeSantis is just too busy. He's very, very busy. I would be honored to host Ron DeSantis on TimCast IRL. It would be, it would be the, the most epic thing. And, um, you know... Uh, it is it is an honor and a privilege to be able to host the people that we've hosted so far on the show. It is an honor and a privilege that we've been reached out to by many individuals about coming on the show. And I look forward to having them uh, come and sit down when they can. It would be absolutely incredible for us. And we've talked to, you know, we've had people from Trump's inner circle on the show. It really, really is a truly amazing experience to be able to talk to many of these people. I look forward to seeing how a President DeSantis uh, operates. I truly believe whether it's 2024 or not, we will have a president in Ron DeSantis. He's got the military leadership. You can see he's got the charisma. He's quick-witted. This dude knows what's up. He's got legal experience. I think he would make an excellent, excellent leader. Which brings me to predict it. This one really surprised me. Who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Trump and DeSantis nearly tied. No joke. Now, Trump was up quite a bit before, and it was like, okay, so like DeSantis at 30 cents to Trump's, you know, like 40 something. Makes sense. Trump's probably going to win. 
Now it's 39 to 37. Every day, Ron DeSantis is a rising star proving why he's a good leader. I know the hardcore Trump supporters want to see Trump, Trump, Trump. And uh, I got to tell you, if Trump's the nominee, he's getting my vote. I want to see him fire the swamp. And people say like, well, Tim, Trump didn't fire people his first time around. And I'm kind of like, I know, but I'll vote for the guy saying he's going to do it over whatever the Democrats have to offer. What AOC? But I got to tell you right now, it's a tough call. Ron DeSantis versus Trump. You know, when Trump said he was going to fire everybody, I said, Trump's got my vote, but we'll see what happens. Now DeSantis comes out and suspends this DA and he's probably going to go after more. And I'm like, all right. All right, that is provable action. Nah, it's a toss-up. Now I might just say DeSantis. I mean, look, all the complaints people have about Trump, his character, his attitude, all that stuff, I get it. I have concerns about Ron DeSantis because foreign policy is such a big component of uh, what I care about. Nancy Pelosi is apparently going to the DMZ. I'm interested. I am. I am very interested. I hope she does some good. I really do. I do not like her, but... I hope she does some good. I really do. Ron DeSantis' foreign policy, I don't know about. I have good reason to believe he's great on domestic policy, but as a governor of Florida, I don't know. My fear is he's going to get in and he's going to say, look, there's a reason why we go in the Middle East. There's a reason why we're sending weapons here, there, or otherwise. That's a concern to me. I'm worried that it could be an Obama situation. All of this great stuff being said, to be fair, Obama wasn't much of a leader before he ran for president. Ron DeSantis is provably a good leader. So I don't know why I should doubt him. That's a thing. It's a risk. But I think it's all there. Now, here's what I find really fascinating is after this happens, I get an email from Donald Trump. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp, drain the swamp, drain the swamp. I think the um, I think Trump and I think DeSantis know exactly what this is all about. I do. Donald Trump sends out this fundraiser saying drain the swamp around the same time Ron DeSantis, I mean, shortly, shortly after Ron DeSantis terminates a swamp creature from Florida. Trump knows what's up. Trump knows what motivates people like me, and that is to clean things up. So I got to say, we're in for a wild ride, ladies and gentlemen. And um, it's really interesting. I think for the people who watch shows like mine, most of the people who watch are probably closer to the DeSantis camp than the Trump camp. But we have a large portion of people who watch who are all in for Trump. And I, my, my attitude right now is it's both good, man. Let's just see what happens. If DeSantis ends up getting the nomination and he moves forward, I think everyone's going to be happy. Many people might want Trump. They might say Trump's the, the, the guy to go for. I hear you. All that matters is we don't let uniparty establishment win. That's what I'm talking about. Joe Biden is one of the worst, one of the absolute worst. And we can see just how bad things have gotten. At this point, I got to say, even Nikki Haley would be better. Glenn Youngkin would be better. Ted Cruz, substantially better. And I'm mentioning these people because they're on the predicted list. Nikki Haley's got six cents. Why? Who's actually betting Nikki Haley? You know what it is? Here's what they're saying. You buy a share of Nikki Haley. Then when she announces her run, it will spike to like eight cents. You sell that, you make some money. That's how it works, basically. But I don't know, man. I think I'm thinking it might be DeSantis. I really, really do. He's just got that. He's just a younger guy. He's fresh energy into into American politics. 
He's got that Trumpian uh, MAGA uh, backing, like his policies, and he's got military experience. He's getting it all across. You know, he's he's checking the boxes across the board, except for foreign policy. So I suppose you got to make a decision. Now, a lot of people are going to be loyal to Trump. Fine. I got no issue with that. I'll vote for Trump. DeSantis, I think I'd be more excited for DeSantis at this point. It's hard to say. We got we got a couple years, so we're an eternity away. But we will see. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. You know, I'm I'm sitting here, right, trying to read the news and the Senate, you know, they vote to add Finland and Sweden to NATO, and I'm just like trying to mind my own business. And the global uh, political establishment, you know, trying to start World War III. And I'm just like, come on, man. You know, I'm, I'm trying to watch movies, play video games. They're trying to start World War III. And for what? Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan. Here's the news. Now China has begun firing all of these missiles. Oh, look at these videos. That's, that's this crazy imagery, man. We have this map showing the, uh, basically the PLA, China's army, surrounding Taiwan and even invading its territorial waters. They sent 27 warplanes into the Taiwanese air defense zone. And I'm just like, yo, Nancy Pelosi, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? You know, I'm, I, I want to go watch Bullet Train with Brad Pitt and I got to worry about World War III. OK, I'm half kidding, to be completely honest. Not only do we have this story, but we also have Senate overwhelmingly votes to add Sweden and Finland to NATO. The lopsided bipartisan vote demonstrated broad support in the United States for one of the most significant expansions of the military alliance and Russia's continued assault on Ukraine. Yo, I don't care about NATO. I literally do not. The Soviet Union does not exist anymore. I'm not a fan of Russia. I think their their government pretty bad. But you know what's happening right now in Europe? Russia says if Finland and Sweden join NATO, it's basically World War Three. Just think about what that means. I've talked about it with the Soviet Union, talking about it with Vietnam and the Gulf of Tonkin. Doing this, Josh Hawley voted against it. I respect that. Even Rand Paul only voted present. This is a massive expansion of, of, of NATO power encroaching on Europe. And of course, Russia is going to be like, dude, we're not OK with this. Russia's now come out the other day saying they will fight for China if war breaks out with Taiwan. Pelosi's just left Taiwan. Now you got China firing missiles. I'm I'm sorry, man. This image, looking at what China is doing, how is this not a declaration of war? Surrounding the island, I mean, well, in their minds, Taiwan is China. But as far as we're concerned, I think this shows the complexity and the problem of, of how this is all going to go down. What they're doing in Taiwanese territorial waters if it was any other country, would be an act of war, firing missiles into the air in their in their territorial waters, flying planes into their air defense zone. All right, let's slow down for a minute and we'll talk about what's going on with China and the big news that Sweden and Finland are, are now uh, uh, have been voted into join NATO by the Senate. Yo, this is uh, the United States. All these senators, every single one basically saying we want war. Let's light it up psychopaths, narcissistic psychopaths. Russia is not that powerful. But you have to imagine what it would be like to be surrounded by an expansive military force and what the reaction would be. Imagine you are the United States 
It is 1965. Let's just give it a good old Cold War year. And all of a sudden, Cuba's there's missiles. What would do? You, what do you think the U.S. would do if Mexico was was about to join a Russian military alliance with all of these Central American states? What do you think? What do you think the U.S. would do? Do you think we'd sit by and be like, we're okay with that? Russia may not be the threat that it was when it was part when it was the the, the principle of the Soviet Union. But you have to imagine Russia, you have to understand Russia is still powerful. And from where they are, they see NATO expanding, expanding, expanding. It is provocation. What is the justification for this massive, expansive military alliance? Under Donald Trump, he was calling out NATO saying like, why aren't you paying your bills? You know, you expect us to pay for all this stuff? Russia backed off. Donald Trump crushed ISIS, peace in the Middle East. You know, what's really, really amazing is that Donald Trump's vision is, is it's, it's remarkable. It's my vision of globalism. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. America first, right? That was Donald Trump's plan. But uh, uh, was it uh, Serbia, Kosovo, peace agreements, uh, the Abraham Accords, peace agreements in the Middle East, trying to bring about peace in, in North Korea? Wow, it's really amazing. Russia was was somewhat backed off from Ukraine. I'm not going to say, I mean, they they had already taken Crimea. But Russia's attitude was like, we are less threatened by an expansive military power coming from the West. Donald Trump was actually bringing about peace. You know what I see in the future for, the, for globalism? Not that that's the right word. I see a one world government, but it's comprised of treaties. I see the United States being sovereign, enforcing laws within its own borders, having trade agreements internationally, and we avoid international war by having peace agreements and having trade agreements and having international courts and lawsuits, things like that. Because the appetite for war, it diminishes over a long period of time. Or at least with Donald Trump, that would have been the case. The future I saw with Donald Trump was, you know, decorum, fine. The guy's got a potty mouth, but peace, peace and prosperity for the United States. Getting our troops out of the Middle East, smart move. Abraham Accords. Come on, man. Now what do we get? Joe Biden comes in and they want world domination. Their vision of globalism is that they dominate the world and everyone bows before them. Look, I'm not convinced that, you know, Donald Trump's strategy of shoring up America would guarantee that uh, China would not take over, that the world would not become unipolar in Chinese control. I see under Donald Trump, China was reeling. They did not like it. I mean, maybe there's a threat that they lash out and they become violent and then we see war. But worse than what we're seeing now, I should read the news instead of ranting once again about foreign policy. The New York Times reports, Senate overwhelmingly votes to add Sweden and Finland to NATO, which, of course, many of you know, Russia said was a red line and could ignite war. The vote was 95 to one with only one senator, Josh Hawley, bravo, Republican from Missouri opposing the move. The lopsided tally far surpassing the two thirds support necessary to, to approve the treaty underscored the bipartisan appetite for a more muscular Western military alliance, even amid threats from Russian officials that Sweden and Finland would face retaliation should they join NATO. Finland and Sweden's membership will strengthen NATO even further. I'm going to tell you right now, 
There's probably a lot of these Democrat Ukraine flag crazy people being like, Russia can't do anything to Finland and, and Sweden because now they're in NATO. Yeah, but um, China is not too happy. And we are facing war on the Eastern European front and the Pacific theater. This is psychotic. I have no what I don't know what these people are thinking. I just think our government is comprised of narcissistic sociopaths who can't justify their actions, who somehow let ISIS flourish. Oh, it's real convenient destabilizing Syria. You know, I take a look at the uniparty establishment. What do they want? They want world domination for their for, for they want to control it. They don't care about the United States. They want their little group of international corporations, CEOs, billionaires, politicians. It is their world. For me, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe we have a um, world peace. How about that? You know, they don't want to admit it. But under Donald Trump, we were probably closer than we've ever been. But that's bad. That's bad for these people. You know why? You take a look at what happens with Syria. You take a look at what happens with China. How do you get what you want? You need China to do this. So you can justify expansive military action. Daily Mail reports China launches its biggest ever live fire military drill just 12 miles off Taiwan. Beijing miscalculation could spark war with missiles shot over the island for the first time in rehearsal for invasion. Rehearsal? They're doing it, dude. What they're doing is they're putting pressure surrounding it because they're going to take this island at any moment. If Strassau generational theory is going to be proven to be correct, it'll have to happen this year. If each turning crisis period lasts about four years, it's going to happen now. But hey, the times they are changing. So who knows? They're firing missiles. This is absolutely just total. This is insane stuff. And Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan for what? To tell them prepare for war? I don't know. Biden just signed this $53 billion funding of U.S. chip manufacturing. This is how it goes, man. I, I often talk about civil war, right? And I say that one, things that one thing that's required for war is supply lines, resources. So as you see the expansion of a parallel economy, which is, you know, as more and more people in the U.S. get censored, there are companies popping up like the company. It's literally called parallel economy that seek to bypass the censorship. The country is fracturing. This means that there will be paths towards resources for opposing factions. Right now in the world, when the U.S. says we're going to start making our own silicon chips away from Taiwan, it, it's, it's, it's simply put, we are building up our parallel economy. We are bringing back core manufacturing to, to our country. And that means that we are prepped and primed for some major international conflict. If China is launching missiles and surrounding Taiwan... A couple things could happen. The U.S. maybe went there to formally say, we will not protect you. I'm sorry, but we won't risk World War Three. Or they went, Nancy Pelosi went there to say outright, World War Three is, is already started. I mean, the Pope said it started. I saw a tweet earlier. Someone said that when, when Hitler invaded Poland, nobody knew that World War Two had just begun. But it did. And the same could be true with Ukraine. Now, they went on to say, if we defeat Russia in Ukraine, we prevent World War Three. You think you really think that's the case? You think nuclear armed Russia is going to go, oh, no, we've lost Ukraine. Guess we surrender. Or they're going to be like sitting back being like, we may not have the fighters. We may not have the jets, the SAM sites, whatever. 
to stop U.S. military might, but we do have ICBMs. And what's that? Uh, the, the Satan, the Satan missiles, what NATO calls it, a 50 megaton MIRV ICBM. Man, I take a look at what's going on and I say, for what? For what? For what? But what do you do? We don't want China to take Taiwan. I don't like the fact that the CCP ever emerged in the first place and forced the Republic of China onto the island of Taiwan. But what do we do? Does the United States just say we're going to keep expanding our military power, adding Finland and Sweden to NATO? For what? You know, it's crazy that under Trump we were seeing peace. Isn't it nuts? China's doing oil exploration in Africa and South America. There was this there was this plan like eight years ago. Longer. I mean, the plan probably started a while ago for the Nicaraguan Canal. China didn't like that we have basically control of the Panama Canal. Although technically Panama was handed over control, we know the West controls it. And so they wanted to dig through Nicaragua, which is insane. I mean, Panama is very narrow, so you can do this canal, which allows, you know, not having to go all the way around the American continents. And the Nicaraguan Canal would give China competition in that regard. It would have destroyed a major source of fresh water. Ultimately, the project was scrapped. Yet China is absolutely challenging Western power. And people like Hillary Clinton, these Democratic establishment types, the, the bureaucratic state and, uh, and EU bureaucrats, they don't want to see it. So I just it's surprising to me that they don't see it would be surprising to me if they didn't understand what they were doing was leading us to this major international conflict. They have to know. They absolutely have to know. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. U.S. approved Sweden and Finland, NATO, blah, blah, blah. You know what I was thinking when I was watching all this go down? If there's anything that's actually going to spark World War III, it's probably the tabloids. I'm serious. Look at this photo from The Sun. TheSun.com. It shows China and the USA firing missiles, but it's the stupidest graphic I've ever seen. You, can, you, can you understand why this graphic is stupid? Give you a second. For those that are listening, you're probably like, dude, just tell me. Okay. The graphic shows uh, China firing missiles westward towards the USA to hit the USA's east coast. Why? Let me tell you two things. If you were actually going to map this out based on the actual positioning of countries, China would fire its missiles eastward over the Pacific, which is a shorter distance than wrapping around the entire planet. Better yet, China would fire its missiles northward to go over the North Pole and then down to the U.S. I flew from New York to Hong Kong once. You go north because, you know, Earth is round. I love this image. Anyway, I digress. If there's anything that I think will potentially spark World War III, it's going to be tabloids. Why? Because these websites... They want the clicks, and so they give you the most shocking interpretation. And you know what? I don't necessarily blame them. I, I, I shouldn't say the tabloids. I should say the media. 
We are all doing it. And it's cranked up to 11. In the crosshairs, writes the sun, Russia must strike London first when World War Three erupts, says Putin ally who reveals Kremlin plan to conquer Europe. So this guy goes on TV and he says a bunch of crackpot nonsense. The tabloids all say they're going to nuke London. He said this a couple months ago, nuking London. And then you got this one. Pelosi could be Franz Ferdinand figure that sparks potential World War Three if China harms her on Taiwan trip. To be fair, it's that kind of rhetoric that may actually stop the conflict. No, no, no. Seriously, I said the same thing. I said we could be looking at a Franz Ferdinand situation with Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan because all you need is one rogue actor to be like, long live China or the Communist Party and do the red salute and then harm Pelosi or something. But I will add this story, while it's, you know, insane, showing these missiles kind of go in the wrong, the most ridiculous direction. Maybe they want the world to see the missiles fly overhead. I don't know. The, the, this story might actually wake these people up. You don't want a Franz Ferdinand situation. We don't want the, an eruption of, of a war over one person being hit. You know, red alert, China's growing nuclear threat. We here in the United States, we got very, very powerful nuclear weapons, but, it, but I believe Russia has the most powerful. So you can rag on Russia all day and night. I think they've got, what, like 60 million people. Not even that many people, but they got nukes. They got nukes. They've got the best nukes. Everyone agrees. They've got the Satan 50 megaton Merv. They could pepper the eastern seaboard with, what is it, eight megaton warheads. That's going to wipe out every urban center. I mean, it's, it's, not gonna, it's, it's not as big as people think it is, but a 50 megaton bomb obliterates the entirety of Washington, D.C. and the neighboring cities like Alexandria. I think even Baltimore gets hit by some of the blasts. Baltimore's not that far away from Washington, D.C., mind you. So they go on to mention that, uh, you know, when she, when she touched down, okay, we get it. She left. It didn't go off. But what she did end up doing is provoking China into firing missiles. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll say maybe that's not even fair. China was planning this stuff, okay? China launching these missiles, firing rockets over, over, over Taiwan, surrounding Taiwan in this military exercise. We know, we, we know they've been planning this. They've been doing beaching operations. They've been doing sand dredging, going into going around Taiwanese uh, territorial waters and then just ripping apart the sand. They're like getting ready, ready for beaching for, for like beaching the island, like just slamming into it. They're going to take it. What they're doing right now, surrounding it with live fire drills. It's isolating the island. It's going to shut down right now. You didn't understand this. These missiles flying overhead. Some people are probably saying like, yeah, but you know, so what? It's like the rockets are going over. They're not actually attacking. No, no, no. You think planes are coming in? You think planes are coming in? You think ships are coming in? You think goods are coming in? They could choke off the island, shut down food production, uh, uh, food shipments, starve Taiwan out, give it three days, and then they walk in and pick up the scraps. I think Taiwan is on the verge of falling. And I don't know if the U.S. is going to intervene. But if China does, Russia is immediately going to be on high alert. So then what happens? Does China then say we're going to we're, we're, will, will they declare support for Russia in the conflict in Ukraine? I think it was even George Soros who said this is the start of World War Three. You don't get it because I mean, the rhetorical, you not literally you like you, you don't understand history because you're living it. You know what I mean? We all we all we are. We are all this way. What I mean to say is the average person sees what's happening and says, this, this is not history. 
but it's always history. You know, when we talk about World War Three, or I'll put it this way, when we talk about this U.S. Civil War, right now people are saying we're not in a civil war, a civil war is not coming. Okay. If it does, if a civil war does break out in the history books, they're going to say the civil war started September 17th, 2011 with Occupy Wall Street. Maybe, maybe not. They they might talk about the precursor events to the Civil War, of which they'll include all of these things we have just lived through. They'll talk about the 2020 election. They'll say the Civil War started in 2020, you know, with with the election and then Donald Trump supporters on January 6th. They'll say that was the start. The, 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 The insurrection at the White House was the beginning of the Civil War. And many people didn't know what they were looking at. And they'll say, in fact, there were many commentators like this person, Tim Pool, who said it was just a bad riot. But maybe. That's the beginning. Because you get people locked up, people get angry, people won't back down, and then it escalates. We can't see where the escalation will take us or if the escalation will occur. What we're seeing right now with China should, should uh, I, don't th- I don't think you should, you should panic. I don't think you should be scared. What I do think is, you know, I've done shout outs for safeandreadymeals.com on numerous occasions. And it's funny how, uh, you know, several leftist outlets were like mocking me for that. There's a huge flood just hit Kentucky. I mean, people are dying. They, they struggled to get supplies in. There was an algal bloom in, uh, I think it was like the Cleveland area or something years ago, 10 years ago, and people had no water. And I'm just like, dude, you want to make fun of the idea that someone would have a first aid kit? some water and some food back up so they can survive more than three days. Okay, let's be real. Six, seven days without water. That's crazy to me. Looking at all this stuff, China surrounding Taiwan and getting ready to make these moves with Russia saying everything they're saying with the saber rattling with the war actually in Eastern Europe for the first time since World War II. We're tracking on like we're, we're following a similar track to the early 1900s. And people think, Nothing's going to happen. But if you look at history, this is exactly what happens when things are happening. So look, maybe, maybe the golden age returns and the conflict dries up. Or maybe it's time to start thinking about what it may be like if a war really breaks out. They're talking about the inability to recruit soldiers. Do you know what that means? I got a wake up call for Gen Z. They can't recruit people. People don't want to be in a woke military. So if a war really does break out, you know what that means? It means you will be drafted. We'll see how that plays out. This country would implode in two seconds. It's crazy days, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Major breaking news being reported. The DOJ is charging four current and former police officers in connection with the raid that killed Breonna Taylor. That's the big news. And while there may be some merit to these charges, sorry, I'm not playing this game. The DOJ has been weaponized absolutely against uh, the, the right or against people who challenge the establishment. I just look at this as more BS politicking. I think it is absolutely uh, that the DOJ has been corrupted by Merrick Garland, a man who would not charge people who blatantly broke the law protesting in front of the homes of Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh. And now I'm supposed to sit here and think, oh, oh, this is legitimate. No, it, it is illegitimate. The DOJ has been weaponized. And you know what? I don't even want to sit here and defend these cops. One of these cops is accused 
of falsifying a statement on a sworn affidavit for which he was fired. And you know what? There may actually be merit to some of these charges. But when you have a corrupt DOJ that's been arresting, that's been targeting the former administration the way they are now, sorry, don't know, don't care. These people should be impeached, fired, whatever it is you do. We got another video, another story. Ted Cruz roasting the head of the FBI. Project Veritas released uh, from a whistleblower documents showing the FBI considers symbols of American history to be symbols of extremism. So no, I do not believe them. But let me at least read you the news and show you there is some potential merit here, show you a counter argument, and then basically just say, don't know, don't care. Look, I don't want to sit here and stand for cops. I had a story that I tell frequently about. I, I watched a cop lie under oath. Well, not watch. That's the wrong way to put it. I, I filmed an, an incident and then the cop lied under oath to, to have it for a false arrest and there was no punishment. Now, I'm not so stupid as to say I experienced something and thus I feel good when other people are charged. Now, I don't know anything about these guys. If they did something wrong, then so be it. But I'm not going to transfer my emotions and project them onto different people. That's what we see too often from the left. And that's why they cheer for stuff like this without knowing the details. That's why they get things wrong. Here's a story from ABC News. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced Thursday that the Department of Justice has, has filed charges against four former and current Louisville police officers in connection with the death of Brianna Taylor. The charges include civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force and obstruction offenses. Quote, the federal charges announced today allege that members of a police investigations unit falsified the affidavit used to obtain the search warrant of Mrs. Taylor's home and that this act violated federal civil rights laws and that those violations resulted in Miss Taylor's death, Garland said in a news conference. The federal charges against officer Joshua Jaynes former Louisville uh, Detective Kelly uh, Goodlett and Officer Kyle Meany alleged that they violated Taylor's Fourth Amendment rights when they sought a warrant to search Taylor's home while knowing they lacked probable cause and that they knew their affidavit supporting the contained false and misleading information and omitted other material information resulting in her death. Goodlett and Jaynes have been charged with conspiracy for allegedly falsifying the affidavit for a search warrant, according to the Justice Department. Now, you know, I'm torn. I'm torn. Innocent until proven guilty. But if cops are lying on sworn affidavits to get warrants, yeah, I'm not playing that game either. I don't want to defend anyone related to this. But I just think Merrick Garland is the epitome of corruption. And he will not get any benefit of the doubt or favor from me when he let those people break the law in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices because it benefited his political faction. And then a man showed up intent on killing Brett Kavanaugh because Merrick Garland is corrupt. Prosecutors allege that Jaynes and Goodlett met in a garage after Taylor's death, where they agreed to tell investigators looking into the botched raid a false story. And if all that's true, good, lock them up. But I'm just not going to sit here and defend or believe Merrick Garland. Charges have also been filed against Brett Hankison, a former Louisville Metro police officer who was involved in the death of Brenna Taylor. Hankison has been charged in a two count indictment of deprivation of rights under color of law, both of which are civil rights offenses. Hankison allegedly used unconstitutional excessive force during the raid when he fired 10 shots through a window 
and sliding glass door in Taylor's home that was covered in blinds and curtains after there was no longer a lawful objective justifying use of deadly force. The Justice Department has a has had a pattern or practice investigating ongoing uh, investigation ongoing into the Louisville Police Department since April 2021. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark from DOJ's Civil Rights Division told reporters that the separate investigation remains ongoing and that DOJ has a team on the ground still conducting interviews with stakeholders and conducting ride alongs with police there. Garland said he spoke with Taylor's family earlier Thursday and informed them of the charges. We share, but we cannot fully imagine the grief felt like felt by Brianna Taylor's loved ones and all of those affected by the events of the March 13th, 2020, Brianna, uh, the events of March 13th, 2020. Brianna Taylor should be alive today, Garland said during a press conference. Brianna Taylor should not be dead. And it is it is just a, an extremely, um, I don't know, disastrous circumstance across the board. In a tweet from Greg Price, he says, they had a legal warrant to search her home. Her boyfriend shot at the cops in the dark, who then fired back and accidentally hit her. They were cleared of any crimes, but Merrick Garland is charging them anyway because the DOJ has turned our country into a banana republic. Well, I agree halfway with Greg Price. I believe Merrick Garland has done this selective enforcement. Yeah, he gets into power and then we see these moves. However, legal warrant. You're not going to get me to defend these cops. No, an investigation actually is warranted. It's too bad Merrick Garland is a corrupt piece of garbage. Brenda Taylor case, ex-detectives firing upheld by Jefferson Circuit Court judge. Okay, well, why was this man fired? I, I, I absolutely hate the corporate press. They make it a labyrinth in order to figure out what really happened. Writing stories, not explaining what actually happened. They say he lied. About what? Give me the details. Explain what's going on. They don't. All right, so let's dig deeper. Let's find another story. The Courier Journal. Joshua Jaynes can't have LMPD job back after lying on Brenna Taylor warrant board rules. Well, tell me, tell me what happened. They vaguely talk about it. Okay, let's go back to the first story. Joshua Jaynes fired. Jaynes wrote in the March 2020 warrant application that he verified with a U.S. postal inspector that Taylor's ex-boyfriend, a man police suspected of dealing drugs, received packages at her address. An internal investigation found, however, that Jaynes did not personally verify the information. Instead, relying on another officer's word that proved to be false. Okay, fine. You lie in a sworn affidavit. You go to jail. So it's like that meme. The worst person you know just made a good point. Now, this guy, I will say, innocent until proven guilty. I like to see what they come up with in a trial. Did he actually lie? It's an accusation. That's not uh, that's not definitive proof. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and stand for cops, especially when they're accused of falsifying warrants. And Greg, if you're going to say that they had a legal warrant to do so, I look at this and I say it's questionable. I don't know for sure. Let's have an inquiry. However, I completely agree. Merrick Garland is corrupt. He's completely corrupt. The DOJ is corrupt. And, and, and what am I supposed to do? I'm going to sit here and be like, which, which, who am I supposed to just believe? No, 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 I can tell you this. I don't know much about Joshua Jaynes. Maybe he did not falsify it. Maybe this the, the false accusation because the DOJ has been weaponized. I am more inclined to believe that because Merrick Garland is corrupt. That's it. It is partisan witch hunts in the DOJ, putting Robert Navarro in shackles. I mean, look at this. 
Look at the raid on Roger Stone giving tipping off CNN. It's it's despicable. So why would I believe you now? Now, I'm not, again, not a fan of these of, of these cops, not at all. But these things these things happen. And I don't know for sure. And I will not condemn a man without definitive evidence. So I will say this. While I personally appreciate an inquiry into whether or not there was uh, lying on a sworn affidavit to get a warrant, which you should get locked up for. You think I'm going to believe Merrick Garland? Never going to happen. Uh, we have this tweet from John Mattingly. One of the officers involved, we've interviewed him on Timcast IRL. He said, the FBI used tactical teams to raid four officers and former officers homes early this morning over the over the Breonna Taylor case. It's political theater. These officers had cooperated. There was no need for this show of force. It depends on what they did. Maybe they're concerned about evidence tampering or something like that, that I can understand. Maybe they come and they show up and they knock on the door and they say out of the house with a warrant. You don't need tactical teams for that. So this right here, it says to me, maybe there's an issue, but Merrick Garland is crooked. What can I say? Chris Ray, these people, in my opinion, the people running the show, crooked. I'd like to show you this from townhall.com. Let's talk about what the DOJ is doing. This is a clip from C-SPAN of Ted Cruz that I want to play for you, and I really want you to listen to. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material, which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included, rather astonishingly, patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag and the FBI's indication is indicative of violent uh, militia, violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag, we have President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden, who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck is the Gonzalez battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate, I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. All right. I dig that. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? So we have uh, from Town Hall the response from Director Ray. Well, Senator, I, I'm not familiar with the particular 
document you have behind you, uh, and I'm not in the practice of trying to comment on documents that I haven't uh, recognized, but I will tell you that when we put out intelligence products, including ones that reference symbols, which we do across a wide variety of contexts, we usually uh, make great pains, take great pains to put uh, caveats and warnings in the document that make clear that a symbol alone is not considered evidence of violent extremism, uh, and it's... Well, but Director Ray, you don't include BS. things like Antifa, you don't include things like Black Lives Matter, instead you identify patriotic Americans as suspect, and I would note there's a pattern of this. Yep, and that's it right there. That's the DOJ. You can get a license plate with the Gadsden flag, and that's a symbol of extremism. I loved it when Ted Cruz pulled up the Gonzalez flag because the Gonzalez flag is very cool. It is artillery, a cannon. Come and take it. Amazing. Come and take it. Ah, Wikipedia. They talk about the Gonzalez flag, the American Revolutionary War, the Texas Revolution. In early January 1831, Green DeWitt wrote to Ramon Musquiz, probably pronouncing that wrong, the top political official of Bexar and requested armament for the defense of his col- the colony of Gonzales. The request was granted by delivery of a small used cannon. The small bronze cannon was received by the colony and signed for on March 10, 1831 by James Tumlinson Jr. The silver cannon was mounted to a blockhouse in Gonzales and later was the object of Texas pride. At the minor skirmish known as the Battle of Gonzales, the first land battle of the Texas Revolution against Mexico, a small group of Texans successfully resisted the Mexican forces who had orders from Colonel Domingo de Ugartechia to seize their cannon. I love it. This one little cannon. And they're like, go take that cannon from them. And they're like, come and take it. Ah, how quaint, but cool. And that's Texas, man. And so Ted Cruz, where's that boot? And they say, Molan Lobby, come and take it. This, this idea this is, this is an idea that's long been uh, extremism, a defensive statement. Don't tread on me. This is extremism. I'm sorry. When you get a story about the DOJ doing anything right now, we have evidence of their corruption. This right here, when they take symbols of, of, of American history, the Betsy Ross flag, the Gadsden flag, the Gonzalez flag, And they say it's a sign of extremism. There is a parasitic entity trying to destroy what makes this country this country. They're attacking our symbols of freedom, liberty and independence. And the DOJ wants me to believe them on this stuff. When cops lie on sworn affidavits in violation of our Fourth Amendment rights, you got a problem. You got a big problem. You got a corrupt government right there. I'd like to find out more about that. So, okay, I'll accept that. But when you get a DOJ that has been weaponized, that is targeting people, well, you can't believe them. And of course, they're going to claim it's actually those guys who are stealing your rights. Don't know. Don't care. I don't trust people in power. I don't trust them. I don't trust most people. A lot of people, man. I don't know. It's hard. Revolutionary war imagery. If an example of a uh, of a militiaman during the Revolutionary War, the Liberty Tree, a famous uh, elm tree in Boston near the Boston Commons in 1765, 
Colonists in Boston staged the first act of defiance against the British government at that tree. Commonly referenced historical imagery or quotes. It's really amazing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where's the Antifa stuff? Where's the far left extremism? They're talking about militant militia, violent extremism. What about there's leftist militias? There's there's far left extremist groups. They function the same way. Where, where are they at? No, they don't. They don't show it. We're, we're headed for dark times, you know. If, if you can't fly the Betsy Ross flag, remember when Colin, I think it was Colin Kaepernick complained that Nike made one. They made shoes, the Betsy Ross flag on it, and they, they discontinued it because they hate America. It's funny. It's like a meme. They hate America, but they really do. They want it. They, they say they, they, these, this is law enforcement, the DOJ, the FBI saying that our history is, 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 a, is a reference to violent extreme is used by violent extremists. And that it's indicative of something. That's crazy to me. Now, look, symbols come and take it. The Gonzalez flag of Texas. That's got to be spitting in the face of Texans. That's why Ted Cruz wears those boots. Come and take it. Yeah, man. Dark days indeed, as they say. Now, we got right now. um, I mean, there's big news happening with Taiwan nonstop. China fired missiles that landed in, in Japanese territorial waters. And some are saying that was an act of war. Maybe, maybe. If a war breaks out, this country splits in two, period. I, there, there's, no, there's no common enemy. There's, there's no unification. The, the, the fact that the FBI is doing this, these people have to be stupider than a box of rocks. Unless, unless it's their goal to gut and bifurcate this country. Because if that's the case, they're doing it with every action, every day sabotage and destruction. I don't think there's a solution. The cultural divide, the culture war, the worldviews of the political factions are, are, are too disparate. That's it. Nasty people who don't want to talk, who, who are just hell bent on just torturing and burning down the other. So what do you do? I honestly have no idea. I really, I just don't. You know what we're doing? We're trying to make apolitical content. We're trying to build culture. We're trying to inspire people to be independent. We're trying to uh, share the ideas of liberty and, and, and personal responsibility. Maybe then people might change. What, wor- what worries me is that it can't get bad enough to where people say, hey, everybody, let's stop for a second and take, take stock of what's happening and try and make life better. What happens is life gets really good and then everyone fights until it just tanks. And gets really, really bad. Me, I'm preparing for the really, really bad. Not like a prepper or anything. I'm just, you know, paying attention to what's going on. And I got out of the cities. We got some emergency supplies. Nothing too crazy. But the reality of all of this is, if no one will back down, if both sides are losing their minds, then you're going to get conflict. But I shouldn't say that. You know, both sides is stupid. The Democrats are in a cult. The left is in a cult, period. 
Just absolutely, period. The FBI targeting American history. Sorry, this is America. You don't like its history. I mean, fine. But to weaponize our own history against regular Americans. Yeah, that's conflict. And that makes you the invading force, your ideology, the invading force. Call it progress or whatever garbage you want. You can talk about how we should make changes to this country, but saying that our history is extremism. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a bunch of British interests who are like, we're going to reclaim the colonies once and for all. I'm kidding, by the way. My point is the left believed Jesse Smollett. That's all you need to know. Nothing else they say matters. Now, you can talk about all the Q people in the world. I think they're out of their gourd as well, but they're not sitting here in the mainstream. Mainstream prominent conservative personalities condemn all of that stuff. So play the game you want to play. Fine, but it's not going to end well. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.